This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So not too many times you get the opportunity to speak to the GM and have him on Pine Tar for breakfast. Today, I had that opportunity. I talked to Matt Clintac. I sat on his couch in his suite. And we talked Zach Wheeler. We talked the ghost shortstop. And you'll understand why it, we call him the ghost shortstop. But it was an awesome conversation that I had personally with him, just me in the room, and Greg Castriotti. That's right, the three of us. Only two guys talking, right here, Pine Tar for Breakfast. What up and welcome to the final episode of the winter meetings with me, Kevin Franzen, and your GM of the Philadelphia Phillies, Matt Clentak. Yeah, I got to sit in there. I got to sit in and hear all the scribes and I mean, let's be honest here. We're very lucky in, in, in all honesty. This is me speaking on behalf of players and everything, but, um, you know, being a part of the media now, um, the relationship I have with, with Matt Gelb, Jim Salisbury, Todd Zlecki, Megan Montemuro, Scott Lauber, Bob Brookover. I mean, we could go on and on. We can, I, I just don't, I, we're not going to, but I named every one of them that were in there today. And for me, it was a pleasure because they, you know, have run ideas off me. I've run ideas off them. So it was a good help. And to listen how they interacted with, with Matt Clentech all three days was pretty fun. So, I had the opportunity to sit down with Matt Clintac in his suite, and we talked a lot of, obviously, the Phillies, the Phillies' new signings, one that's possibly up in the air, and uh, just overall state of the roster, plus a couple of things in the minor leagues, Joe Girardi. I mean, just keep listening. Pine Tar for breakfast, Matt Clintac right now. Matt, it is the end of the winter meetings. Uh, I know you can't really go into the DD whole thing, but the agreement's nice. But coming in, already in, in signing Zach Wheeler, how productive do you think this whole entire, um, you know, 2019 winter meetings was? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think we came into the offseason with, with some needs that we, or some areas that we knew we needed to address, uh, most notably uh, the rotation and finding a guy that we believe could pair with Aaron Nola at the front of the rotation. And you know, though the agreement happened before we got to San Diego, it was announced on Monday while we were here. I don't know if we get credit for that. <laughs> so quote it's credit. Yeah, we'll go there. Happening at the winter yeah. meetings, but we'll take it. Um, but I think that was the most uh, you know kind of notable move we made earlier, and probably the one that that our fans uh, you know were um, you know ex- expecting us to make. Maybe not Wheeler specifically, yeah. but but adding to the rotation. So so in that sense, I think that was a that was a big move for us. Um, and then. You know, since we've been here, you you alluded to it. I can't quite talk <laughs> no, about I it. But, I know that but, said player. But then pivoting to the infield, and that's what we've been working on for most of the time we've been out here in California. 
to make sure that we address uh, the, the, the hole that we have in the infield right now after non-tendering Cesar and Mikey, uh, you know, the guy that we are rumored to have agreed with, John pending, physical, et cetera, <laughs> happens to be a left-handed hitter um, who's been a really good player in this league for, for a number of years. I think he, I think he fits uh, what we were looking for, uh, both from a roster and lineup perspective, but also from a contractual perspective. Uh, you know, our manager and our bench coach know this guy really, really well uh, for the, from their time with the Yankees. So um, I think it, you know, assuming everything, you know, comes to a, comes to a conclusion here in the next couple of days, I think that's something that's going to uh, be really good for us. And, um, you know, we leave here, we, we leave the winter meetings feeling pretty pleased with what we were able to accomplish. Well, what we do know is that that said player does look good in pinstripes already. <laughs> so, right. I mean, you can yeah. say that. Change, I mean, you change the color, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, w- but for you, I mean, like w- getting the Zach Wheeler agreement right before you go, I, you're always going to be on the go and want and, and keep pushing and, and the discussions are always going to go. But a little bit of you just feel like a little bit at ease that you got here and that was already settled. You know, you know what? It's, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes it makes total sense. And I and I know that um, I've been to a lot of winter meetings in my life, and just the the attention that is paid here to every little thing that happens or even doesn't mm-hmm. happen, just the rumors. It's everybody's on you know on alert uh, when you're at the winter meeting. So it's nice when you can, you, as a as an organization, you can deliver you know something to to your fans at the winter meetings. I say all that, and you're not gonna you're not gonna force something if it's just not there. It it, it worked out mm. this year, and I think it's worked out a few times since I've been here that we've been able to accomplish something at the winter meetings. But it's not always gonna be that way. There are plenty of teams that come to yeah. San Diego and leave San Diego without announcing anything. But um, but no, the getting back to your original question though, getting the agreement with Wheeler relatively early in the off season and addressing our biggest need absolutely set the tone and set, continues to set the tone for the rest of our offseason. It helps to inform what kind of payroll room we have mm-hmm. remaining and, it, and you know, it helps to inform like what else we need or we may not need to fill and it sets the tone very much like the trade with Seattle mm-hmm. last year for Segura opened up left field that, that allowed us to go pursue McC- McCutcheon. Um, you know, that first domino that falls is often one of the most important. Well, I find like fascinating. I, I mean, you don't get an opportunity to ask it. You know, this is my first winter meetings and everything. And so you get here, you see like other teams in your division making moves. Right. And I've always I've always wondered, like you pay attention. Obviously, you have to. But does it ever like elevate things on you? Like I got it. Like, you know, you could stay in the moment. Has it taken till, you know, you're, you know, three of being a GM, you're five where you're going, oh, I don't have, I know what they're doing. I don't have to make this move. You know what I mean? Like staying in the moment, has it made it more years, the experience, has it made it slow down for you and not have to worry about that? You know what I always fall back on, Kevin, is something Pat Gillick said to me, and I think a lot of Phillies fans have heard this, but one of the most important things you can do in a leadership role like this is to take care of the business that you need to take care of. Mm-hmm. And Everybody else in the league is going to do what they need to do, but you need to focus on what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, Pat told me that shortly after I started, and I've always remembered that. Um, and that's what we try to do. You know, now I will also tell you, I'm human, <laughs> and I'm competitive, and I'm rooting like hell for some of these yeah. big free agents in our division to sign in the American League. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I was like, if I was ever a GM, that would be the worst. I mean, be, I'd see them make moves, but I'm making three today. I'm going to make a splash. So stayed in the moment. I mean, that's kind of that's. 
it's like being a player. You got to stay in the moment. You can never think about four pitches ahead because you, you're that one pitch that you might let go by. That might be, the that one. Might be it. Yep. Um, when when it comes to you know the team and and how it's structured right now, uh, just the needs you know to fill everything now. Like I mean, you got you know your center fielder could be Hazley, could be Roman Quinn, so that's a good thing. You have McCutcheon coming back from uh, injury and Jay Bruce out there. You know where you're going to put Gene Segura. I mean. All those have to be answered still. You have an idea. Where where do you see the infield right now with a uh, – let's just put, like, ghost runner at short or, like, a ghost short, you know, like, and let's, let's in, go in there. Pinstripes, yeah, in pinstripes. Yeah, in red yeah. pinstripes. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at the, the rotation with the addition of Wheeler, you know, in a lot of respects that accomplishes what we'd hoped to accomplish. I didn't know coming into the offseason, are we going to focus on one – higher-end starter or multiple, yeah. you know, back-end starters. And, and, you know, it turns out that we went the, the former route. But um, I think with the, you know, with the addition, the looming addition of the infielder here, I think that gives us our, our uh, you know, by the time you run this, it's going to have been a <laughs> No, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. People are going to be laughing. Uh, but I think that really should should round out our, our infield into shape. Um, obviously, we have JT and Nappy behind the plate. I, you mentioned Hazley, uh, who we expect is going to, you know, be our everyday center fielder this year. So, I think when you you know, kind of look around the roster, um, you know, the 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 core of the team, the the meat of the of this team and of this offseason are there. Um, having said that, I you know I don't ever want to discount the importance of uh, the depth, it's sort of the, those those players that you might pick up on the margins that that end up playing critical roles for you when when you're tested with injuries or when when someone's struggling. And look, a lot of that um, comes from your system. And we've got some guys in our system in the upper levels of the system that I would expect are going to um, you know be on our radar next year to you know to come up and fill holes. But we also have to make sure that we're looking out for you know smaller free agent signings. Uh, waiver claims, the Rule Five draft tomorrow, um, you know, potential trade opportunities mm. to make sure that we're rounding the roster out, you know, in as strong a way as we can. Even if you know some of the moves we may make, uh, you know, are not you know headline mm. grabbers, uh, I think those are still really important. And then, lastly, and this is kind of the catch-all, we're always just going to continue to explore opportunities. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I said this to I think you the other day, Kevin. When we sat at the winter meeting, winter meetings last year, last December in Las Vegas, I did not think that we were going to trade for JT Romuto yeah. in February. I didn't. I didn't think we were going to trade for JT Romuto yeah. a week before we did that. But you, you keep pushing, you keep trying, you keep making phone calls, you stay in touch with people. Sometimes it, you know, it works out that you end up acquiring mm. a you know, top-notch player like that. Most of the time, it doesn't. But it'll never happen if you don't try. So you know, we're, we're going to continue to to seek out opportunities and you know i i i that's the way we're going to approach the rest of the offseason well i don't know i mean i don't know how you can go into an offseason knowing that you're going to need a manager right and and you get your whole thing and you have the three finalists and you know buck from your time with baltimore and 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 people around people with baltimore uh knowing buck and then dusty baker and then you get joe girardi so you have the perception of joe girardi before right i mean you know who he is um, from being, you know, around the game, what did you learn about him, and what have you in in just a short, you know, what month and a half, two months of of having him as your manager? What have you even learned from them? Well, first of all, that process that you just mentioned, talking to those three candidates we talked to, was was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I've gone through a couple of 
uh, managerial search processes, but this was the, the, the types of candidates that we were targeting this go around were very different than the types we targeted two years ago. Um, so they were, all three of them were outstanding. I'm not sure there was a wrong mm. choice here. No, they, were, they were all <laughs> incredible and um, I was really impressed. So uh, as far as, as Joe is concerned, I, I, f I feel like I've said this to already a lot, and but when we went through the vetting process of calling around, asking people that had worked with, with Joe and with Buck and with, and with Dusty, but uh, players that had played for these guys, coaches that had been on their staffs, um, you know, front office people that had worked with him. It's, you would learn a little bit about the, his style or, or you know, the, the way he might handle certain situations. But above all else, what we kept hearing about Joe was just the, what kind of guy he is, mm -hmm. is how positive he is, what a good communicator he is, just how much he cares about other people and their mm -hmm. families. And it's genuine. And whether you know again whether you were a player that played for him that was a bench player or a superstar or something in between everybody felt that way and you know though he hasn't managed a game for us yet mm -hmm. i can tell you just in the month and a half that he's been on board here in my interactions with him and seeing the way that he's been helpful in recruiting players mm -hmm. or in making decisions uh, to hire different staff members you see that come out in him just the type of person that he is and I think that's part of the reason you're able to, that's what part of the reason he was able to uh, not only survive, but thrive in 10 years mm -hmm. as the manager of the New York Yankees. That's almost unheard of that's, to be the manager for, for that long. I say that Joe Torre probably did it right before him, but, uh, but it's, it, it's, it really is remarkable to be able to do that. And I think you're able to do that because of the passion you have for the game um, and because of the way you treat people. And uh, I think already that is manifesting itself really well here and um, it's, been a, it's been a great match. That voice you hear is Matt Klintak, GM of the Philadelphia Phillies. He joined me right here on Pine Tower for Breakfast, at Kevin Franzen. Hit me up on Twitter as you're listening to this. Maybe you have a question I can ask him the next time I go around, but more. Matt Klintak, GM of your Philadelphia Phillies. What about, like, the Phillies charities deal, right? Oh, and, yeah. and he that's unprompted. And I'm not going to go into what he said, but I'm going in the, as far as the leadership and, and someone commanding a room. Yeah. Oh, he can do that. Holy hell. Yeah. Well, like, you don't have that. Like, and, and it just ties in together and you're going, I, you can understand how, how people follow that. Yeah. You know, just by this, by that speech and, and, and just the way he interacted. And he was, again, I, I didn't, I was never a teammate of, of Joe's, but that's the way he was mm. as a player, too. When you, when you talk to his own teammates from, you know, back when he was playing, it was the same way. That's how you become, you know, a de facto yep. captain of teams that are winning, you know, World Series championships. So, um, yeah, he can command a room like few other people I've ever worked with. That you, you talk about the Phillies Charities Dinner the other night, but how about just his opening press conference? <laughs> I mean, seriously, he just he, he sat down, he, he, he commanded the mm -hmm. room, and it's it's really impressive. And when you're talking about having, you know, the manager is more than just, you know, the leader of the of the of the dugout in the clubhouse. He's really the mouthpiece and the yeah. front man for the entire organization. Um, and I think I don't I don't know if there are very many better than him. Well, because the adrenaline rush is crazy for a, an interview process, I'm sure, you know, and, and he's going and. Did you see that? Like what, or, or did the lights turn on on that, you know, press conference and the Phillies Cherries thing that you're going, whoa, they, like you knew it was there, but like you finally got to see it up close and personal. Like it's there. Like yeah. it's, oh, we made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. I had a, uh, it's funny. I, I really didn't know Joe Girardi prior to 2019. 
around the middle of the summer, um, as the first time I was introduced to him. So Joe, before he got the job with us, he was ticketed to manage Team USA mm-hmm. in, in the Olympic qualifying tournaments uh, this this past fall. So he and Brian Price, actually, Brian Price was going to be the pitching coach. And Brian Price did serve <laughs> as the pitching coach. But um, So Joe was targeting a few guys from the Phillies minor league system to go play for Team USA. And that's actually how I started to get to know him. This was over the summertime. Okay. Uh, so, and again, that's that was pretty... Just professional, mm-hmm. there was, and I didn't. We didn't meet face to face, and we certainly weren't talking about becoming the manager of the Phillies. But I at least had a chance to connect with him and and just talk with him and and see how he behaves in a professional setting, and and was really impressed. And then as um you know as the as the when the season ended and we made the decision to 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 head in a new direction with the manager, um he was one of the first people I reached out to and. He was, you know, you said it, but enthusiastic, energetic, passionate, and he's talked very openly about how two years out out of that chair and um, has really, you know, brought that hunger back mm-hmm. for him and that passion, and and you can you can feel it, you can hear it in his voice when you're when you're talking to him. So, uh, again, I, I keep concluding with the same thing, but I think it's going to be a really good fit. The other night, you you spoke in front of all the affiliates, and and you know this is my first time being at like the whole Phillies, whatever minor league affiliations, the PR staff, even Greg. Um, but you yeah, said something that was gonna, so important. You're gonna cut that part out. No, I'm not cutting that part out. This is going on pine tar for breakfast right here. But I thought you know, in, in we know how important the minor league systems are, and the development part. Alec Bohm, Spencer Howard. I mean, Connor Siebold in, in the Fall League to, to the Premier 12, I mean, all this stuff is you're going, how important now more than ever? And you said it, with the higher-end guys that you're having to pay, you have to supplement that yeah. with, with those minimum guys. Is it, I'm not saying you stress even more, but like, is there a pressure on the minor league staff to continue to develop the player, and not only just the player, but a winning player? So when they come up, they know that they're here to win. They're, they're here to keep producing yeah so the 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 conversation you're referencing uh, or the I guess the speech you're referencing was the other night when when we were talking to all of our minor league personnel both those Mm -hmm. that work for the Phillies but also the ones that work for Mm -hmm. the the affiliates themselves Um, and the message I was sharing with them was that you know a few years ago when we were just in the early stages of our rebuild you know I remember addressing that same group and talking about the importance uh, of this organization drafting and signing and developing you know, our own core of major league players and how if this franchise was going to get back to, you know, the where we want to be, that that was going to be critical. And now you fast forward a few years and guys like Nola and Hoskins and Kingery and others have graduated to the big league level, uh, which is in large part that that drove the decisions to then go add Harper and Romuto and others to create this core. Um, as much as it was important to do that during the rebuild process and to stress that during the rebuild process, it's just as important mm-hmm. to focus on that now because in order for a for an organization to properly you know balance its payroll and its roster and and afford to carry you know Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler and your more expensive veteran players, you have to have young players on your roster contributing that help to create mm-hmm. that balance. And that's why when we, we talk earlier about Adam Hazley being the center fielder, yes, it's 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 because we think he's good mm-hmm. and we think he was really impressive last year. It's also because we need that to happen. Like it's <laughs> we we need to give the opportunity to young players to 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 grow at this level and and become what they can be, so that we can 
you know, better balance the the more veteran expensive players on the club. And well, that and you mentioned Bohm and yeah. Howard and Bryson Stott and, and oh, others throughout our system that, you know, these are the names we're going to be hearing about, whether it's 2020, 21, 22, that we're going to have to figure out ways to, to fold them into the mix too. And, and it's hard when you're a contending team and you're trying to work rookies into the, into the, uh, um, into the, into the lineup every day. Um, sometimes you have to give them a little rope and, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate that Adam specifically got, got that opportunity last year and, and handled himself very well, and we think we're very optimistic for his uh, ability to contribute next year. And it's also like the minor leaguers see that, and they're like going, that's the, I, that's we're getting, yeah, right. That's and the carrot. Yeah, they, they, they know, I, I hope they hear this. Yeah. I hope they listen to this because that's, the, and, I, and I will, there are various times throughout our, you know, winter months and, and spring training or even when I go visit affiliates where I can say things like that to them as a group or to an individual because that's what it's about. I mean, good Good teams, World Series winning teams, almost always have some combination of veterans leading the way and young players really pushing the team, you know. And you know that there's again balance. It's a, it's it's such a, I guess a buzzword, but it but it's true. You really want to do have a combination of, of youth and veterans. And you just want to see them push push the envelope. Don't think that like the, well they they sign this guy. No, because it's important. Like whether you play well and you're a, a trade piece and you could help this organization and you're in the big league somewhere else, that's important. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it gets lost. Guys want to look at the transactions go, nope, that's not the move. And so you being able to go and say that and, and they see you bringing up guys and playing them, I mean, that's that's huge. I'm sure you see the the reaction by that. And I'm sure you lived it, Kevin, mm-hmm. as, a, as a young player coming up. I mean, it, you, every player to, to make his debut, they – they need an opportunity what, mm-hmm. for whatever the reason, whether you're kicking butt and you know, just 350 or yeah. someone ahead of you gets hurt or some combination, you need to, you know, it was very modest of you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I but, didn't really when I got up there, but I mean, I did when I, before that. So, <laughs> but you know, everybody, everybody needs their first opportunity yeah. and you know, they, they arrive for different players at different time points in their careers and for different reasons. But you know, when the bell rings, we want our guys to be ready and that's, you know, that's just that's high underscores the importance of player development is making sure that the players are ready when that bell does ring. Well, I appreciate you coming on uh, Pintar for breakfast debut. I mean, this is a hell of a this debut. Is the, this is the first one. No, no, no. Your debut. Oh, yeah. It. Your debut on this one. Hopefully there's another one. <laughs> Manetti's been on it. I mean, really? yeah, nice. yeah. But like, look at that face. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. But it's a face for radio. It's a face for radio, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, for the uh, ghost shortstop and for Zach Wheeler, congrats and to. Keep on building on the uh, 2020 Phillies. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. And just like that, we are done here at the winter meetings. I'm going to be on a flight right as you're listening to this and having it for breakfast, plus your syrup, everything else. Look, there's one thing I do know, and that's Matt Clintac is open and available to the media, especially here. I, they're putting a corner. They're putting a bind at times. So if you're expecting you need to say more about certain things, look, they can't always talk about things. But he was open and able to talk about certain things with myself. And he actually went in a lot more depth than he did with the, the writers. And I appreciate that. So I hope you, the fan, appreciate it. And maybe you can answer some of the things for me. I want questions. I want questions to my Twitter, at Kevin Franzen. Find me, question me, question anyone else. I'll answer them on the next one. But I appreciate you listening to Pine Tower for breakfast. Peace.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.